Welcome to Transform and Thrive. Your host, Helen Lee, examines the opportunities and practical solutions for individuals and organizations to transform and thrive in these times. She shares her wisdom and that of other changemakers impacting our world. Tune in for innovative and holistic tools and empowering strategies to reinvent yourself and or your organization and flourish in a world facing different crises. Hi, this is Helen Lee. Welcome to Transform and Thrive. We have here a very special guest, guest Ken Honda, who is a Zen millionaire who has reached, who has written 150 books. Is that right, Ken? Something like that. <laughs> okay. And, and that have actually sold almost 9 million copies, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, tell us what uh, made you go along this line from accounting to teaching people about um, having better relationship with money. Thank you, Helen. Um, before I start, I want to show my deepest appreciation for inviting me. I feel so honored to be on your show. <laughs> oh, you're um, fabulous, Ken. Thank I'm you. So happy. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> um, so in my 20s, I did. I started very young and my teach my my teacher is my father, who started teaching me about money since I was six or seven. So by the age 15, I knew pretty much about money. So I started my business when I was 20. And luckily, I could retire at the age 29 for our baby girl. And so we had four years, four full years of doing nothing but changing diapers, going to <laughs> park and just enjoyed ourselves. And about two or three years into semi-retirement, I had this vision of writing a book. Uh, and then uh, since then, I started writing a short essay on money and happiness and how to become financially independent. And then I started giving away my booklets to people. And uh, people, my friends loved it. They wanted more. So I printed more. And then uh, one day a publisher called me and uh, they wanted me to write a book, which I said, no, you know, I, I wrote everything in my booklet, but uh, they said, uh, you have all the time in the world. Why don't you sit down in, tr- in front of your computer? And which I did. And then I was amazed that I could write, write, write. And then by the end of the day, um, I wrote 20 pages. And within a week, I finished um, like a, a book. And, and I published a book about 21 years ago, and uh, the, the rest is history. Yeah, and, and what's very interesting is also how you gave away uh, what something like 2.3 million copies, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and, and spent nearly, what, $3 million doing that. Yeah, right? or something like that. Yes, I spent so much <laughs> money on gifts because I wanted to test this uh, principle, you know, once you give, you will receive. So, okay, is that really true? So I wanted to start giving away what I knew. Uh, so um, let's see what happens. And then uh, after my books came out, uh, all the people who read and who were big fans of my uh, booklets, they they bought my books. And, and after, after my uh, first publication, I published second and the third and the fourth. Uh, all my followers were very um, sincere and they loved me so much. So they kept buying all the books. That's why I could sell so many millions of copies 
in Japan. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's amazing. Not not everybody is going to you know do that to that extent. I mean, almost three million is U.S. dollars is a lot of money. Well, you know, uh, as a result, uh, I got more than ten or eleven million uh, U.S. dollars as a book royalties. Wow. And also, I did a lot of seminars and uh, correspondence courses, which generated millions of um, dollars. So as a result, uh, what I gave uh, came back to me 20, 30 times more. So mm-hmm. I think giving works. You know, what you give really comes back in multi- multiple. That's what I think. But am I right that that wasn't the motivation to... Yeah, yeah so- you wanted to test it, but what was, what was, the, what was actually driving you? So it was so fun to watch people change. You know, after reading my books, people started their own business. They quit their companies and they started their own. And the people who are in the companies, they started uh, uh, getting promoted higher up. So uh, after 20 years of my career, I've seen so many people find happiness in their own way. So some people took their company to public. Some people... uh, had ended up having 20 stores. Some people had three stores, but which is about the right size for them. So instead of uh, getting so busy with their business, they could find uh, um, time for their dinner as a family. Uh, A lot of Japanese people work so hard so they don't get together for uh, family dinner. So a lot of my fans and readers and students, they respected their time uh, with their family. Uh, because, you know, I, I often talk about that. So uh, a lot of people said, you know, thank you, Ken, because of you, I could have so much beautiful time with my uh, family members, which is very nice. So I'm, I, I'm being so happy and honored to be able to be part of the uh, big shift that people experience in their lives. Mm. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, the, the whole idea of appreciation and gratitude is now, I, I don't know about when you first started, but now it's quite common. However, um, when I was you know, listening to some of uh, the interviews you've, you've held, you've, you've done before, uh, there was something special about your approach. It's the whole, the whole combination of everything. And also, I believe your sincerity, you know, as well, that it's Thank become you. a part of your life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's also very much, uh, am I right to say that it's also very much a part of the Japanese culture as well? Mm-hmm. You know, this graciousness, you know. Mm-hmm. And in, I, I guess if we talk about the, is it right to call it a Zen approach? Mm-hmm. And and then that the essence of of Zen, this Zen approach then is um, one is to relax about whatever is happening and to accept whatever shows up mm-hmm. uh, and be grateful for it no matter mm-hmm. what happens and and then therefore the second part of it is the neutrality. Uh, that means there's no judgment of whether something is good or bad. You just accept mm-hmm. it and you're thankful for it. Would that be correct? Yes. You know, people want to have more money. 
uh, or because they believe more is better. Mm-hmm. But in fact, more could uh, disturb your life. So uh, I think everyone everyone is born with a certain size money container. So uh, some people are big, some people are small and modest. If you're a kindergarten teacher, your money container is small, but uh, it doesn't really matter how much money you have, how much money you make. It's about your relationship with money. If that is a healthy one, you can be happy. So my Zen approach is to find who you are, find the right size for you, and then you can find uh, peace of mind. So um, if you are great entrepreneurs, and if you're born to do something big, you should go for it. But if you're not built that way, you don't need to go for billions of dollars. You can just enjoy uh, with uh, much less money, uh, but you can find uh, financial achievement, uh, financial independence, and also a happy time with their family members and friends. So um, don't get uh, priorities wrong. Yeah, uh, it, it's very much like uh, the approach that I, uh, of the coaching approach that I began with two, three decades ago of oh. uh, address who you are before, mm-hmm. what, you, before what you do, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was one time when I was giving a talk uh, at, a, at a company and one young man stood up and said he wants to be a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, uh, what, and what are you going to do with that money, right? So he said, fancy, ha- fancy home, fancy car. And I said, okay, why, right? So I, I'm like this um, two-year-old asking why all the time until at the end, he says, actually, he doesn't need all that, you know? <laughs> Right. Yes. So is isn't that what your isn't that your approach as well? Like people chasing something and then actually there's no no good reason for it. Yes, because uh, you know some people are good at making money, but uh, not all all the people are born that way. You know, we are here to appreciate art. We are um, here to appreciate um, our relationships. So instead of just going after making money or business, uh, in life, there's so much to enjoy. You know, just even walking in a forest or by the beach can really bring peace and happiness. So, you know, you don't need to go to an expensive vacations and then uh, spend so much money on on, uh, clothes and cars and stuff. You know, you can satisfy yourself with much less. I, I totally agree. What about destiny? How much does destiny play um, in whether somebody um, can be wealthy or not? I mean, first of all, they need to choose what matters most to them, right? Um, yes. Whether, whether they even want to be wealthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think some people are destined to be wealthy. You know, they are born with a certain sets of skills like uh, innovation and also creativity and uh, uh, they can act on it, you know, and they're good with relationships. If all those five uh, things are in one person, he or she, um, they're all, um, they're, they're almost destined to uh, succeed. 
But you know, most of us are not uh, made that way. So um, you have to know who you are. You yeah. may be more uh, for for a person who appreciate uh, uh, relationships or art, or just peace of mind. You know, by uh, with your family members. So if if you're that type of person, don't force yourself to work harder for money. Because, you know, um, we have very limited time on this planet. You know, uh, last year, a few of my friends died in their 40s and 50s. Wow. They were planning to die uh, in their 80s. Mm-hmm. So they were just hoping, you know, um, after 60 years old, they're going to start traveling around the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but if you're in your 40s and 50s, uh, you know, I'm still young. I should wait for another 10 years. So that's why I started traveling around the world the last year. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, if, uh, you don't have to wait till 60 years old. You know, I never, mm-hmm. I've never gone around the world in my life. So I thought, okay, why not? So uh, last year I did once. And then this year, uh, once again, <clears throat> I started from Europe, US and uh, uh, Hawaii and them home. So I, I'd love to go through Singapore, you know, someday because it's sort of like on the route. So, well, you'll have lots of people who want to meet you here, including yeah. me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, love, I, love, I love Singaporean people. They are the most creative and highly innovative people on this planet. Yeah. You know, Singaporean uh, country is the most well-functioning and well-run, you know, um, by any standard. So It is. And I think we're very blessed to be here. But um, I would also like to live somewhere quieter and closer to na- <laughs> to nature right uh-huh. in the re- in the region somewhere in the region you know i see uh, yeah by by this by the ocean preferably you know uh-huh. yeah but i think you can go to malaysia for that right it's not far um or or bali or thailand yeah, you know yeah so yeah you, know, you fly out of singapore <laughs> so easily so that's yeah. what i love about singapore too you know, you you were talking about uh, in one interview about some of the things that uh, Zen millionaires do in the morning, mm-hmm. and one of them is to uh, do a little uh, ritual in front of a shrine that looks like a house, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that that reminds me of of what the Balinese do, right? Mm. Uh, where they have little uh, shrines or whatever that they where they pray at also all the time they're, they're very spiritual as well right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which which brings me to the point or the question about um, IQ and EQ which you mentioned uh, around money mm-hmm. um, uh, and you saying that uh, both are just as important and, and that you focus, your approach focuses on EQ. Is that right? Yes. Um, my father started teaching me about money, uh, IQ, which is financial intelligence. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki and all the other great teachers are teaching it. But later I found out that uh, um, most successful people um, fail because of their stupid emotional mistakes. And I realized that one of my mentors uh started teaching me about money EQ, which is emotional intelligence. Unless you have money EQ, strong base, you're going to lose all the money because you're not emotionally stable. 
So uh, the smartest people on the planet make stupidest mistakes emotionally. So you have to have uh, emotional intelligence uh, with money too. That's why I started teaching about that. Yeah. What about SQ, uh, Mm -hmm. spiritual intelligence, right? Yes. Do you think that is uh, even more needed now at this time Mm -hmm. when there's a lot of challenges worldwide? Mm Mm-hmm. I think uh, um, that's my uh, mentor, Wahe Takeda, used to teach. Mm-hmm. He used to be called a Warren, Warren Buffett of Japan. Mm-hmm. And he was one time a, a major shareholder of a more than 100 public companies in Japan. Mm-hmm. So he was huge. Mm-hmm. So um, he said uh, the most important thing as a wealthy person is to have happy money mm-hmm. and have happy money work for a lot of people. So he loved donating money. He loved encouraging people. He loved investing people so they can have a better life. So uh, if there is something called uh, uh, money SQ, I think it's about happy emotional energy and happy spiritual energy mm-hmm. that can touch people. And, and that uh, high SQ money can uh, open up people's destiny uh, and also uh, can bring up, lift up people's lives because it has so much love and generosity with it. So all the money generated by what you love, uh, which my mentor Wahe recommended, it'll generate uh, high energy money. So uh, the love comes from you, uh, either in form of cooking, coaching, business consulting, selling, Whatever the uh, the thing you do and uh, uh, you do out of love and generosity, uh, that will bring money to your life. Mm. And the money you receive from doing what you love uh, so carries love and generosity energy. So you can uh, uh, use the money next step is to help people, to buy something from the people that um, that that they truly care about their uh, work. So if you just uh, keep circulating happy, high vibration energy money, uh, your life will be so f- fulfilled. So basically, we are then taking the whole subject of money and the whole energy of making it and re- receiving it and giving it from from the base chakra, which is about survival, mm-hmm. to, to the heart chakra, which is about love. Is right. that right? Yes. But it takes some steps. You know, first you have to make both yeah. ends meet. So yes. for th- those of you who are watching this, if you're having financial trouble, you have to do it right. You know, either money trouble only has two parts. You are making too little or mm-hmm. you're spending too much. <laughs> so mm-hmm. unless you have a control over your finance, you lose peace of mind. Yes. So, and then after just making both ends meet and get the money going, and yes. then finally, I think you can start caring about other people. So okay. first you have to get your life together. And then if you can do that, you have the luxury of helping other people, which is always okay. great. So at this time, uh, what would you ask people to focus on? At this time when, you know, people, uh, some 
some people or many people are financially challenged, mm-hmm. what would you ask them to focus on? Mm-hmm. So I understand the food prices are rising, the mm-hmm. gas prices are rising, mm-hmm. which is always scary. But uh, by just uh, um, facing the challenge, you will you need to come up with creativity, you know, creative mm-hmm. ideas to generate more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your salary is not um, uh, big enough, you have to come up with uh, new ways of creating uh, money in your life. So if you're good at cooking, you should cook for other people. If you're good at coaching, you can do that on the side after your work. And if you're good at um, making something online, you can do that too. So um, this is a time when we all have to come up with creative ideas to generate more cash in your life. And usually uh, that has to be done through uh, your creativity by uh, doing what you're good at, by doing what people want you to do, uh, you can generate extra 100 or $200 or $300 or euros. So um, with that creativity and action, um, you can uh, make both ends meet. So everybody on this planet has to be creative mm-hmm. in coming up with ways mm-hmm. to generate more money. And if you have already that, uh, you can be generous because um, that is also uh, another uh, way of having fun when you can give other people, you can get the joy of the giver. And that's what my mentor Wahe always said, you know, uh, what a great life, you know, isn't that great? I can give so much money. And I still remember his face, just smile. And he he seems like so much joy um uh by giving you know uh you when you give you lose is what people think but uh, what his idea is when you give uh i get more so like mm-hmm. by giving more uh i feel like i get more so uh when you go to that level you're just enjoying bliss mm. yeah so so you're pretty blissful right ken Yes, I give uh, money, I give knowledge, I give my heart, I give my energy. I'm just sending all my happy, uh, happy money energy to you. So this <laughs> is what I do. Sometimes I get paid, sometimes I don't. But as a whole, uh, all my service gets translated into money, and then uh, I'm okay. <laughs> so like, I think all is okay. So I don't really care if I get paid all the time, sometimes... Uh, most of the time, I, I try to make it uh, half of my work as a volunteer. So uh, I think if you're reaching 50s, you have mm-hmm. to make half of your service as a volunteer. And if mm-hmm. you're making, you know, uh, if your um, age is higher, you can volunteer more uh, because you can afford to do that. And if you cannot, you shouldn't. But if you're more than uh, financially comfortable, I think you should start um, giving half of your time for other people for free. That brings so much joy and so much uh, satisfaction in life. So uh, you should set up a system so you can have the luxury of giving half of your energy away. Yeah, I absolutely agree. What about talking about system? Uh, what about the current global system The you know around money? Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what do you think will happen 
will it change? Uh, is it likely to change in the near future? And can it uh, be changed in a way where eventually there's abundance for all, which is which is a big thing for me, you know, to to right. to want to want mm-hmm. to see that for the whole world. Right. So I don't know how much of you know know uh, about uh, hydrogen uh, cars. You know, um, there's n- no uh, gas. It's just hydrogen gets uh, separated from uh, with water and air. So it only uh, produces air. So if uh, if uh, hydrogen car is um, you know run by uh, so many um, uh, drivers, uh, there will be much less pollution. And I think there is a, a uh, solar energy, and and also there is a, a lot of technology to produce food. So once this financial system collapses, I think it, it will. Uh, in some ways, I have no predictions about how and when, but it has to just come down. And then after that, I think we need to come up with a better system so uh, we can appreciate one another more, and then we can be more generous. And I think uh, we don't have to work so many hours um, to survive. So mm. if the, because the basic food prices are uh, cheap, and then the energy is cheap, uh, affordable, mm. we don't have to work so many hour, hours. So mm. I think the next five years will be the hardest time of your life. And after that, I mm. think a beautiful time will come. So hang in there for another five years. And I think... Uh, we'll have a totally different planet. That's how mm. I feel. Okay, um, that's very interesting. So it's a question of solving the energy issue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. solving the energy issues and uh, um, food supplies and all that. Mm. You know, if we stop eating meat. I think uh, all of us can eat. You know, so I think there will be there will be a technology to produce more food. So. Um, and the, the prices of things would, would go cheaper uh, mm-hmm. once the economy, financial economic system gets stable. Now it's going out of hand. That's why every, everything is going crazy. But this mm-hmm. is great because uh, it's burning our uh, sense of uh, security and it brings, mm-hmm. it pulls out the worst from us. So we need to heal it before we go into a new world. So we yeah. have to heal our scarcity mindset. Otherwise, we cannot um, go into this uh, world where everything will be shared by people. You know, but, um, yes. But but how do we do that? I mean, how do we? Uh, the scarcity consciousness is very very much ingrained in people, mm-hmm. right? Right. I I with the uh, pandemic, uh, more and more people want to leave their corporate jobs mm-hmm. and their steady salaries and do what they love mm-hmm. um, and I see people doing it but I also see them having to deal with a lot of fear and anxiety yeah. that comes up right yes um, how do you personally help people uh, you know in such situations so fear is an interesting energy because it always comes with excitement so uh, it's like a Balinese god, you know, uh, devil and god are on the you know, flip side of the, uh, the stick. So uh, there is fear. And when you flip it, it becomes uh, excitement. 
it's like enjoying a roller coaster, right? Uh, in a Disneyland. And when you go up, it's a lot of fear. It's so scared that, 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 that you know, feel fear builds up. But when you go down, there's no, no more fear. It's like, oh my God, but that's a lot of excitement. So uh, I always tell my clients and students, when you're feeling a lot of fear, just uh, in, enjoy the ride going up. So like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can pay, you know, at the end of my month, I can pay all the bills. Uh, I'm worried. And then you should raise both your arms and say, oh, my God. And then you go down, down the slope and then uh, you feel the excitement. So the fear can be turned into excitement. So when uh, you feel like uh, there's not enough money, you can create more money. And in fact, a lot of people started uh, start their business uh, out of needs. You know, they need more cash. They need more thing mm-hmm. for kids. Mm-hmm. And because if you're um, getting paid okay, you don't have any motivation to start your own. So mm-hmm. fear is great as long as mm-hmm. it serves you. But a certain fear will drag you down. Uh, that is a fear and anxiety uh, to protect you. The, so the role of fear is uh, like a bodyguard. In one of my books, I said, fire your inner bodyguard. Because uh, this, as long as you have fear, you don't leave your company. You know, uh, uh, I don't know if I can pay all the bills if I just go on, go on my own as a freelancer. So I should probably stay in business. The fear keeps you. So the fear and anxiety are the uh, inner bodyguards that mm-hmm. keep you safe. But sometimes they're too overprotective. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to say, I love you, you know, I'm attracted to you. Uh, when you want to say that to a, a potential boyfriend, girlfriend, your bodyguard said, no, 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 don't even think about it. <laughs> you'll be hurt. So you won't say a thing. And then uh, you'll, be, you'll stay as a single. So you have to deal with this bodyguard who is, who is too uh, protective of you. So you have to take a risk somewhere. Uh, either it, it's like uh, confess your love or uh, either to uh, go on your own or statue or something. Uh, and then um, you can be free. But this overprotective uh, bodyguard AKA, you know, fear and anxiety. Uh, as long as it's it's there, you cannot do anything. You cannot spend money. If you want to study a consulting course or uh, coaching classes, uh, this bodyguard said, "No, no, that's too expensive." You know, if you if you spend that now, if you uh, study it, uh, there will be less money in your bank account. So don't go for it. You know, even though it could open up great opportunities, great uh, new doors for you. Um, doing something new is always risky and always less money. So uh, in fact, uh, we are trading new opportunities with money. So even though the numbers of uh, bank account go lower, but you gain an experience that will pay you more. So you're not losing anything, but this bodyguard says you're losing something, you know? So listen to fear. And then uh, just uh, be anal- analytical of the fear. Does it make sense? Sometimes it does, but most of the times it's too overprotective of your life. How how like how do you help your clients 
move past it other than explaining these things to them. I mean, if it's very ingrained, like say, uh, I, I don't know if in Zen Buddhism you believe in past lives, um, mm -hmm. but but let's say it comes from either our childhood when we are when we grow up, say in a family where we've observed, mm -hmm. you know, um, great difficulty, financial difficulty that uh, the family goes through, mm -hmm. or or um, like I have helped clients where uh, one per person in particular, I had to help her clear several past lives of poverty, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it stops her from daring to make certain moves, mm -hmm. but now she does, right? Uh, in your case, how do you help people do that? So, I think the best way is to hang around uh, people who've already overcome those things. You know, we are influenced by the people around us. Their, their energy influences you. So, uh, I think you should do some research on people. Whoever came out from where you are to where you want to be, like say you're a school teacher, and then uh, you want to be a business owner. So just research um, uh, business owners who used to be school teachers, and just go see them. You know you can enjoy, uh, you can participate in the classes and stuff, and then uh, you realize that. Wow, this is how you go. That this is how you go. So if you're just looking at the model, uh, you your blocks would go uh, come off automatically. So if you're surrounded by say five people, five successful business owners who used to be teachers, but now who are successful, like okay, maybe I can do that. So if you're meeting three, four, five uh, people who are like that. I think I'm next, you know. So uh, so if you want to be a writer, do the same thing. Uh, start meeting a bunch of best-selling authors. They have certain energy. And then if you're surrounded by five uh, best-selling authors, you feel like you're one of them. And that is super important. And uh, I, I think that is a natural way of releasing your blocks. So okay. uh, that is uh, um, very uh, foolproof. And then you can do it naturally. So, because so, if you see a real thing, you feel like is, I can make it. So you're modeling somebody. Yes, and you don't have to model somebody. You you just hang around with them, have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee or lunch, or buy them dinner, and then they they feel for you because once uh, they were you, so they can tell you. I know you know certain things. Uh, I, I I just experienced this and that. So they're so uh, happy to help you. So successful people are more generous than I think, you know, because they've been there. And I'm sure, Helen, you have helped so many people, right? Yes. And it's uh, fun. I, I, yeah, I still do it every day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's, isn't that fun? Um, it's, a, it's very fulfilling. It's a mm -hmm. joy. Yeah. Yes. It's a joy. This is a time when we can move into far greater ease and grace than many have been able to do for ages. And this interview with Ken reinforces the appeal of a Zen approach, not only towards money, 
but to life in general. As he said, it doesn't matter how much money we have or make, as long as we have a healthy relationship with money, we can be happy. And this applies to everything else in our life. If we make it a point to have a healthy and balanced relationship with everything and everyone in our life, it will certainly give us the peace and harmony we deserve, the joy and abundance too. The rest we can leave out. I have repeatedly talked about our need to love and honor ourselves greatly, and so we must only have in our life what we are very much in resonance with, to a greater rather than lesser degree. And the key is indeed to find out who we are and what we really want and prioritize accordingly. I love Ken's approach generally. It is simple and he advocates what's easy with a focus on love, appreciation and joy. His main book is called Happy Money. The Japanese art of making peace with your money. Ken thinks of money as an energy that can be happy or unhappy, depending on how we deal with it. A book reviewer wrote about Ken's recommended technique of arigatoing or thanking money, both as it comes in and as it leaves. She said, I became more conscious about the energy flow of the money around me, as well as how I receive and spend my money. I'm reminded that people and relationships are way more important than money. I certainly want to surround myself with happy money and people with happy money. And another shared in greater depth saying, Ken's premise is that your relationship with money is directly tied to your relationship with life and that it mirrors your relationship with life, with your life. Unhappy money is money that you bring in through fear or fear-based emotions. As an example, when a couple goes through an acrimonious divorce and one spouse gets alimony each month, they typically blow through it quickly as the energy behind that money scenario is one they want to get rid of as quickly as possible. It's unhappy money. This is all unconscious. By contrast, when you love what you do to make money and joyfully receive money from people who are truly grateful for your services, then money sticks around longer. That's what it means to have happy money. And when your money is happy, then you are happy. Your relationships work better and you feel better and your overall worldview is much happier. That's, Ken talks about, more about happy money in the second part of this interview, which will be in the next episode that will be out next week. And the Jack Canfield testifies that Ken is a walking example of what he's teaching. When you're practicing those principles, your life around money absolutely transforms, and Ken's book will tell you how to do that. I would certainly concur with Jack Canfield. The time I spent with Ken was most heartening. He was gracious and went out of his way to be openly appreciative. He emanates peace and kindness 
different people emanate different energies. Ken seems to have spent a lifetime focusing on the concepts he advocates that he's learned from his mentor and the ideas of peace and appreciation, generosity and genuine caring or love. This comes through in other interviews with him that I've seen online as well. It's a way of life and being we would all do well to adopt. I love it too that he told us to hang in there for the next five years as we transition through the inevitable changes, heal our scarcity consciousness and create a world where everything will be shared by people. As he put it, a beautiful time will come when food and energy is cheap or affordable and we won't have to work so many hours. I reckon we can already move towards doing that even now. We can begin to simplify our lives in every way possible, relax and enjoy life more, take care of our relationships, both personal and work-related, and be so much happier. Get to know yourself better and look at what really matters to you at this point in time and allow yourself to have what makes you happy. Do what you love and brings you joy, even if it's something small every day. And if you can serve others doing what you love and earn happy money for it from grateful clients or customers, that will be truly awesome and freeing. The next five years do not have to be as difficult as it may be for some. This can be how many of us choose to live and it would literally be the new earth or new world we are moving towards, a kinder, more balanced and harmonious, much happier world where we can love, appreciate and respect each other and all that lives and breathes. And there is abundance for all. If you'd like to begin to create such a life and world for yourself, even now and could do with some loving and powerful expert support, then I suggest that you join our global group live Zoom sessions or you can have one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. Either way, you can reach me by simply looking for my contact details and the Transform and Thrive Membership Club link if you so wish, as well as the various social media links on this podcast website you're listening to this episode on, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. And I greatly look forward to serving you soon. You can also find out more about Ken and what he offers on his website, kenhonda.com. And don't forget to listen to part two of my interview with Ken, which will be out next week as well. Meanwhile, this is Helen Lee on the Transform and Thrive show, sending you so much love and wishing you endless possibilities of great joy and freedom, peace and abundance at all levels, now and always. Let's create a truly, truly wonderful, balanced and genuinely caring world together. And great fulfillment and dreams come true for ourselves and others. Happy transforming and thriving, my beloved friends. You most definitely have the power to do so masterfully and joyously. We can all move towards ultimate mastery now and together. Thank you for joining me. 
Your presence is vital and very, very much appreciated, as always. Bye for now.